for the next four to five weeks, Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback. I would put a call into New Orleans, Jameis Winston. I mean, I think that's a quarterback that could get you through the regular season and maybe make a push for the playoffs. Gardner Minshew is another guy that comes to mind. I don't know if the Colts will be willing to let him go. Now, back to the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. Rampart, 5 o'clock hour. We got Barry Odom show coming up in uh, 59 minutes. That'll be over at Parkway Tavern. Myself, Caleb Herring, and the coach. And it's been a good crowd uh, just about every week so far for the show. $2 Miller Lights over at Parkway Tavern. It's the location of 215 in Flamingo. That's where the show is every single week. John Von Tobel's here. Devon is back in the Finley Toyota Studios. A lot to get to in the 5 o'clock hour. We uh, get to our frenzy, mostly a football frenzy, but... I care about you guys, and I like your stories, and I want you to be treated right around town. We were just talking about your breakfast that you got for 32 bucks for one person. You sent me a message that you got bullied by a hostess into uh, sitting down at a restaurant when you had no plans of doing it. What does that mean? So I was out, you know, on Sundays I'm out for work. Uh, I host, and then I go watch games. So when I'm out about it, don't really eat all day, so I wanted to get something to go so I could go and sit at the spot that I had to get some food. And I walked up to said restaurant and when i walked up to the hostess they had a whole like area for all the to-go orders and she looks at me and she goes you better not say to go like that was the first words out of her mouth hey nice to see you too and i was like uh no i'm i'm here i i wanted to see a menu and yeah of course i'll totally sit down she scared me to the point where (laughs) i was i was terrified for my life that i wanted to tell her no i really wanted to go order actually so i sat down at the table by myself to eat it was the same place I got the omelet. Oh wow! Yeah, but so I did. I did kind double of, jeopardy. I did kind of get revenge. Not really. Uh, a massive group of young men walked in probably twenty minutes after I sat down to go, and so they all walked in. And I kind of see her staring them down, and I just lean over. I go, "They're all to go." And she kind of looked at me, and then she was like, "Ah, okay, okay." <laughs> <laughs> they weren't. No, they weren't. She got lucky. She got lucky too because there were TVs in the area. So at least I got to, like, put my phone for the third game, and I just sat there and watched them while I did eat. But being bullied and then being bullied into sit down for a $32 omelet. That's rough. Yeah, it wasn't really a great experience. I don't know why I didn't make this determination earlier, but I'm. it hit me the other day. I don't get the fascination with the to-go. Especially, one, the delivery services are ridiculous. Two, the food's almost never good. No. And I don't know why it took me uh, ordering more than a few times to go, because I like hot food. Like, I'm a maniac about hot food, and I just, meal after meal after meal, I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm spending all this money on delivery, and then I'm getting food at, you know, whatever, a half an hour later, and it's substandard. It's not, it's not even a good representation of their product. It's why you want, if you're going to do it, you go priority, like you're the first delivery. Right. Because then they get your order and they bring it straight to you, but then you have to, you know, well, you get charged for an extra two bucks for that. Or I think you have to be really careful about uh, getting something that is reheatable because a lot of food just is not. It's not good heat. I mean, like, you, you know what's crazy? Our buddy Dave Koken gets steak delivered. I'm like, why? Oh, yeah. It's, it's never going to be hot and you really can't, you can't heat it up. Steak's always best, too, when you just like, when it's just done. Yep. Bring it out to you, pipe it hot. It's still kind of cooking. Yeah. That's why they, you know, they take it off at a lower temperature. It's going to cook a little bit for about five minutes. Get it at home, it's done. Yeah, I wouldn't order steak. I mean, here's the thing. It's, it's, the, it's both sides of the spectrum. 
I wouldn't get steak. I don't understand the fast food orders yeah. in the delivery services either because that's, like, barely hot as it is, and then by the time you get it, like, the bag's soggy and nothing's really good. Like, why not just get fast food, like, in your car on the way home? So last hour uh, we were talking about Aikman and Buck now lasting 22 years, and I, I saw Buck when we played this yesterday, went on an interview on radio or TV. I think it was on Yes Network. Actually, you know, it was Michael K in New York. And Buck joked about, don't we have to make it through the whole year? And he's like, yeah, with ESPN, you never know. I could get fired, which I think is you know, kind of ballsy and funny uh, that he just doesn't care at this point, a little poke at the company. And last hour we were talking about the, the lengthiness of the whole deal, right? And Aikman being on a main team, a number one team for just about all of the 22 years. And I, it's been an era where I'm like, I don't really remember, outside of him basically trying to take shots at Patrick Mahomes, I don't really remember a lot of memorable moments in-game. I don't think he has any impact off the field. Like, I really appreciate people who love football. They'll do a lot of guest spots, right? Like, even, even Barkley for basketball. Barkley is on all offseason somewhere saying something. Like, I don't hear Aikman anywhere, and when he does do guest spots places, like, there's nothing coming out of it. I'm not, and, and I'm not trying to bury him. It's just that when I saw this 22-year run, I'm like, oh, okay. And, and please do not, when we compare the teams, Madden, while very quirky, was so much better than Aikman. And I made the case last hour. Demond, do we have this cut somewhere, the OJ3? We have it somewhere now? Can we find it, please? I was setting it up. I didn't tell you. Um, like, that's, that's how insignificant I think what Aikman does in terms of content is. That I can watch OJ do his videos, and I'm like, eh, actually, that's a pretty good take. But those three teams are the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Jets, and the San Francisco 49ers. What are the similarities? Top four defenses last year. Great wide receivers. Pro Bowl wide receivers. Great running game. Running backs who could take it to the house. What's the biggest difference between those three teams? And Dak Prescott, you may not like what I'm going to say, is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy doesn't play hero ball. Brock Purdy would throw the ball away when he has to. He makes the right audible calls. I mean, that, that might be Shanahan. I don't know. He might be the biggest difference. But I'm talking about on the field. Uh, Dak Prescott, Zach Wilson, you guys got to play like Brock Purdy. Okay. I don't think he can. So I would counter OJ with that. Don't come after me. Careful. Um, he's 76. Yes. And I'll listen to his football analysis over anything I hear from Aikman. Yeah, I mean, Aikman. maybe I'm being absurd, but and 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 as I said last hour, like I feel like OJ still really likes the game. Aikman's like, eh, whatever. Oh, I'll be careful what I say because I don't want to run into him. Um, I don't know that he hangs out here. Uh, I'll give you the spots. In Las Vegas. Don't go there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, no, I think I, I will be perfectly honest. I think Aikman gives me the vibe of a guy who shows up for work. Yeah. He there's not a there's not a lot of I'll say preparation. We know a lot of people on radio do the same thing. They can, you just show up to do a show and that's about it. You show up and talk. Yeah. And I think that's why a guy who hasn't played quarterback since when, right, doesn't really have a student analysis well, when it comes to the game because here, here, it's passed him by. Here's the thing. Uh, he might be talking to people, and he might be getting good information, but I don't feel like we hear it. Sure. Now, my guess is I don't know if he's talking to people to even mind the information, but a lot of this is on your producers, so maybe he doesn't take the advice of producers. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think Collinsworth is awesome, but I think he's produced up. Yeah. I mean, I, well, no, you know he's produced up because what is the thing he do? What does he do now at the beginning of every game? The slide thing, right? That everybody was all gaga over for a while. So he, he at the very least, will take recommendations from the producers. Yep. 
when it comes to the direction of the actual show itself. Everyone needs help. Yep. And here's the one thing you cannot teach. If you don't care, I can't make you care. You have it or you don't. I have worked with plenty of people yep. who just don't care, who think what I'm, I'm doing I'm is I'm talking enough. about work ethic, but, sure. like they, but they also, like, there's a natural, like, when you watch a football game, you either get fired up or you don't. And then you have stuff to say during or well after on a show. Well, and, and you brought up Romo earlier. I think the complaints about Romo are not so much, like, it's, the analysis is great. It's just you, you don't need to be geeked up over a handoff, right. okay. you know. Or there, there are certain times where he'll get so amped up okay. that he won't understand the situation at hand. Like, he'll, stick, he'll get too wrapped up into it and won't give you a level-headed view of what's happening, right? So there's, there's extremes to it. You can find your middle ground there. But I would agree. I mean, it goes back to, like, it, maybe it comes from watching a vast majority of football games at a casino where you can't really hear anything and there's one game with sound and even then you don't really hear it. Like I could not tell you an impactful play-by-play or excuse me, color analyst, like that really sticks out to me, outside of maybe Greg Olson, right? And even then, that's because he's been the top team at Fox now, right? Yeah. And he gets all the big games, and that's the only reason why he sticks out to me. So I'm gonna move this over to sports radio to do and talk shows, and we saw a rant yesterday. And I'm guessing a lot of people watch it and they're like, this guy's being ridiculous. He's going over the top. It's on purpose. He's acting. It was Brandon Tierney. He's a longtime Jet fan, just like myself. And Jets fans have a lot of feelings right now. Now, again, I can't make you care. Like You either care about your team at a crazy level or you don't, and you can't fake it. You can tell when people are faking it. Here's Tierney on WFAN, and it, this is, it's multiple. It's, I think it's a very long rant that they splice together. But he is so fired up um, because he is, I will not be down in the dumps guy, and he's yelling at Jets fans to not be depressed. And four plays in, he's done. He's done. Do not tell me today that the season is over. Get up. Stop walking around work like a loser. Get your act together. We're playing until January. There is no way that I'm tapping out now. No chance. Uh, I lied there. That is actually me during work and then when I get home. That's you yelling. For about 10 minutes. After I get home, I'm like, God, that was terrible. And then I'm like, I'm not tapping out. So I will explain to you. I thought I sent you a clip of me typing my kid up before soccer. (laughs) Tankier for the Jets when they should have tanked. Adam Gase F them. They won a couple of games. The first game they won, I cried. I'm not lying because I'm also a Jets fan because I was like, Trevor Lawrence is gone. And that was genuine. He's on the opposite side of this. Like, there's just smart moves where you're like, we need to lose to get a number one pick. But that whole year, he's like, you don't quit. Uh, but. If you didn't kill us last night, we are unkillable. I have Zats back. I'm not saying Super Bowl. But I am saying playoffs 
with Zach. And I, I think the season, in fact, might be over, BT. I hate to break it to you. Yeah, uh, listen, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> he, was, he was gassed, and I think he wanted to cry. Oh, sure. I mean, because even if you're putting it up, the emotion still rises. Like, it's probably getting to you. Yep. And if people think that's fake, I, I retweeted that video, and I said that is actually team to some of the things I've seen him do off the air. Because <laughs> I've mentioned he lived here. He lived with me when he first got here. He worked for Sports Fan Radio Network. He loves sports. He did a Patrick Ewing rant in front of us one night. It was beyond that. But I give him credit. To do that on the air and start sweating and hyperventilating is awesome. Of course. It's on par with some of the great rants that I've had. Now, most of it has to do with food and black olives and things yes. like that. There's, the black yeah. olive rant was equivalent to that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was genuine anger. And uh, another thing I said when I, when I shared this video yesterday, um, I also said, yesterday could have been my last show in radio had it not been for the bikini tug of war. And me having to kind of adjust to guest coming over, if I had been allowed, and I'm the one deciding what's on the show, but if I had been allowed to just rant, I think I would have just, I would have broken down. Three hours on the Jets? Well, it wouldn't have been three hours, but I think on, if I, do, I did 13 minutes at the beginning with a monologue, if I was allowed to go on, um, I think it would have gotten really dark, which is not what you want to hear. And I don't even know if Mateo could tell, I, because after the show, I walked away, and I had a beer in my hand up at the Plaza Pool, and I just looked out. Like down Fremont, and I'm not saying I was ready to climb up and jump off. I was going to say it's not um, that far, but but I was like it hit. It's it keeps hitting me, and I, the 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 speech I gave yesterday was some of us like football and our teams in sports way too much. Like to get that worked up, I, it's cool, but it's also almost dangerous. Right. Well, I also think the years of suffering don't help. I mean, the last time that your no. team like won something was. Joe Namath, who I saw the other day in Holy Smokes. He's we, like, had a, we had a guy walk by, he's, yeah. and he's like, it was an older guy, 70-something. He's like, yeah, he's like, I remember them winning the Super Bowl. Oh, when Joe Willie was playing, I wanted to turn around and like, yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't get to see that. All right? It was months away from being born. But that's an example right there. Oh, so you were on the earth. No. He said months away from you being bored. You were, you were, you were, you were uh, here. I guess, I guess technically by some yeah. people's counts. So. Your heart was beating. You experienced it. There you go. I got to take a breath now. <laughs> Your heart was but beating. I really wanted to turn around the guy like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. Yes, I know. It's coming back, all the anger. So I get it. I get it. I just. It's too what, much. What would the morale be like if they had lost the game? <laughs> Because you, know you still had a great you know what, win. You know what's funny is, uh, and I explained a little bit this yesterday, I was sitting there with my uh, girlfriend, the SO, and I, I actually felt bad for her because when things were getting better, she's like, yeah, you know, she's kind of like, hey, cheer up. And I'm like, yeah. And I got up and I clapped on the punt return. I clapped on the interceptions. But, but in the back of your mind, you're like, it, it doesn't matter. You don't think you can win every game? They're not. They're with not. A, they're not a return for a for a touchdown and four interceptions. <laughs> that has to be every game. It's got to be. So that rant was going viral. It was cool, and but I want to say that was genuine because he's he's crazy. So you want them to try? Oh, this year? Yeah. I, they can't turn back now. They're, the problem is, 
Like last year, I think they, they accelerated a little too much and they kind of screwed themselves out of a, a better pick. They can't tank. Why? Because the, defen- the defense is too good. The run game is too good. Um, like, I don't, how would you tank? You're just, you're just going to IR? Like, your top no, it's 17 not that, guys? No, because you, you can't were tell ta- them not to try. No, you were talking about going and getting, like, like I would agree with you. No, I want, I want, I, no, no, I, I actually, you're right. I, I want to go get someone. I don't want to give up, like, I don't want Stafford because I'm not giving up, like, two twos no. for Stafford. No, I want them to make a run at a backup quarterback. The, the high end of it is, like, Jameis Winston, send the Saints a fourth. Maybe it's a conditional three. I think he's good. I, I think on this team, and this is a show that likes Jameis Winston, so I, and I probably like him the least of the three main people, you, me, and, uh, and Adam Hill. I mean, I think the pieces are good enough. You don't need to go acquire anybody via draft capital. Carson Wentz is perfectly fine. Carson Wentz could go in there. Look, as no, a I, I, fan, I, 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 I watched him lead. Look, they, he screwed it up the last week. They were a 10-win team, and they looked like they were going to be a Super Bowl contender yeah. before they lost that game to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he was part of that. Like, he's perfectly fine in a team that is set up, I think, even better than that Colts team yeah. from a talent standpoint. I would take Wentz or Ryan over Wilson, but I do think a little bit of draft capital for guys who are still playing. Like, it sounds crazy, but I think they'd be okay with Andy Dalton. And I think he's miles ahead of Zach Wilson. See, my problem with those things, though, like yeah. we played a clip coming out, and I think one of the things was, I think one of the the issues was, uh, like, illogical yeah. trade requests. Yeah. You know, like I heard one was like, just go get Kirk Cousins. Like, that's not going to happen. No, no, no. That's... Or you mentioned Matthew Stafford. Like, I don't think that's. And I don't happen. want a quick fix. Yeah. Or or even, yeah, I don't want a high price quick fix. Or even Gardner Minshew. Like, why would the Colts, who have a rookie quarterback who runs a lot, trade it. away Gardner Minshew? By the way, just I, hoping that's a. I'm just hoping it's the, you know right now. Uh, Minshew mania has crossed Ursa and he's yeah, pissed at him or sure. something. Yeah, uh, one of our listeners who's here listening or here listening to the show. I, I mentioned Taylor Heineke yesterday. Yeah. I mean, he's got some weird thoughts off the field, and he better keep that to himself. Um, he also uh, stinks. Do you think he's last year was one of the luckiest stretches of quarterback play I've ever seen. So his numbers just say he blows. He he, he was throwing interceptions left and right, and they were getting dropped. Yeah. All right. You can only live like. That pat, that touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson, that was every touchdown. Pass that was for every pass Heineke. by Heineke. that was every touchdown pass for Taylor Heineke. It was just Yolo. I drink Bush Light. Let's go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and then it just fell more in the hands of his receivers. Anything he threw a game-winning touchdown when a DB ran into an official thirty yards downfield last year. Remember, the guy was insane. Um, couple updates here on the Raiders. First, you know the Broncos are on my. Uh, and I, I, I keep saying this. I feel bad for one of our listeners who's been uh, – Laverne, who's been trying to defend him. I keep saying the Broncos are on my disliked uh, – top five disliked fans list. They're number two. They're just – complete. they're actually number three. They're completely annoying. Was there something going on with Jimmy G and a concussion and faking it or some allegations? So, you know, that on the first drive where he, you know, he goes down, he slides, he gets, he gets hit really hard, grabs a helmet, goes out for a few plays – uh, Hoyer comes in, which, by the way, we had a show trust in your back of quarterback. I think it was like three straight runs for McDaniels when Hoyer was in there. Um, but apparently, like, it's a talking point in Denver and Denver media that Jimmy Garoppolo was faking it. That he was, like, faking a concussion or concussion Denver media, like, not Denver Oh, fans. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw God. both. Oh, yeah. And, like, alleging, like, he was hamming it up. I mean, he was out for, of the game for, like, four plays. They had to legitimately check on him. He was not faking That's it. another. That is a group of media members. That, they're weird. I'm not going to say they're all homers, but, man, they are very vested in the Broncos. But it's such a weird alley. It's, it was the first drive. Yeah. It's not like he faked it, right? I put in air quotes. Unlike a potential game-winning drive, which they had, 
You know what I mean? That ultimately led to them getting favorable position. It was the first drive, and he had to leave for four games. Coming up next, we'll uh, get Arash in the conversation from the Sporting Tribune. Uh, Arash Markazi will join us. We'll get us some news from L.A., a couple of uh, social items as well. Another Mark Wahlberg appearance. Now, back to the Rampart Race and Sportsbook. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Steve Cofield off to go join Barry Odom and Caleb Herring for the Barry Odom Coaches Show. Is that? I think that's the official term. There's so many different ways of it. But it is at Parkway Tavern. So if you're out and about in town, make sure you swing by, say what's up. Or maybe on your way to Parkway Tavern, you come by Rampart, which is where we're at for the next 30 minutes. All right, let's head out to the phone line. Welcome in Arash Markazi, of course, founder of the Sporting Tribune. Nice enough to give us some time here today. Arash, appreciate it. I know I'm not you know, the wonderful Adam Hill or Steve Cofield, but <laughs> hopefully you'll make do. Uh, all right, so I wanted to start with this because obviously Las Vegas is expanding and growing and, and more and more things are happening in this town. And I know that there was talks of a 16-team tournament in Las Vegas. What's the latest with what's going on in the expansion of college basketball here in Sin City? Yeah, I mean, that's the interesting thing. Like, I still don't know where where we stand with that. I was talking to my colleague Seth Davis about, you know, where, what what the current, like, news is on that. But, uh, you know, I mean, it is amazing when it comes to anything in sports. And I'm not just saying this because everyone thinks that, again, you, you, you think everything's happening in Vegas. Look at the NBA um, in-season tournament. You know, look at the growth of the Summer League. Look at F1. Look at Super Bowl. Look at, you know, Pro Bowl games when they tried that out. They always come to Las Vegas. So we'll see what happens. But uh, just really happy that Las Vegas continues to be the center of the sports world. Can't imagine that uh, the NIT would be happy about that if that happens, right? I mean, that would be, I don't want to say a death knell, but the NIT would kind of be on live support if that was the case. A little bit, but I, I think we all know that it's kind of on life support as it is right now. I, I am happy that it's moving around a little bit. I mean, obviously, I mean, everyone knows it was in New York for the longest time. But, you know, I love it because I love hoops. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking about the teams that are not that, that are not in the top 65. So, um, yeah, I, I can't imagine that they're happy, though. All right, so we talk about expansion Las Vegas. Sporting events are one of them. We're also starting to get new they're called branded sports books. That's why Mark Wahlberg was out here the other day, right? Exactly. I mean, he was pouring his, uh, you know, tequila. So he uh, partnered with this tequila company. So he's pouring shots at the uh, Yahoo Sportsbook at the Venetian. As you know, JVT, I think a lot of these different media companies are trying to plant their flag in Las Vegas. Uh, to what extent, you know, that that'll move the needle, I don't know. Obviously, Penn, that's the big one. You know, their $1.5 billion deal with um, with um, ESPN. But um, I think at the end of the day, and you probably agree, I, mean, I think people are comfortable going where they're going. I think a lot of uh, people are, are trying to kind of get a slice of the pie here. Uh, to the, 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 the Yahoo partnership is interesting because it is the Yahoo Sportsbook at Venetian powered by William Hill, but there's also a right. bad MGM component. It's just very convoluted. Yeah, it seems like, um, and this is just my thoughts on it, it seems like it might be like a dying gasp of Yahoo's, Yahoo's uh, betting app, which I, from what I understand has not been doing very well and not really catching on. But what's interesting is as, as sportsbooks grow, right, and all these brands grow around the country, and you mentioned most people are happy, 
out here in Nevada, I mean, you can make the argument, Arash, that we've been kind of archaic in the way that Nevada gaming has handled everything with the expansion of sports betting. And we're actually behind the eight ball now. All of these other spots in terms of what they offer, uh, everything up on the board, things like that. People out here in Nevada want that, but there is this roadblock with gaming and, and improving those things. If one of those books can 100% get in here, I think they'd find a really strong foothold quickly because I think there are betters out here who want an expansive menu that some of those places offer. 100%, and you've touched on this. I mean, how like simple it is when you're, when you're, when you're traveling back east, whether it's New Jersey or Pennsylvania or yep. whatnot, and you get on your phone, you put in your credit card, you stop placing those bets, those prop bets. I totally get that the casinos in Las Vegas want you to go in to the casino, have a bite, have a drink. But my goodness, I mean, they really make it so hard to place a bet on your phone. And then with the props, again, it's just... Uh, you would love to see Las Vegas ahead of the curve. They've been uh, they've been so far ahead of the curve this entire time, and they're way behind currently. I I just I mean even a simple rush like let me just bet on my desktop. You know all these yeah. other places you can just go to the website and log in and bet away on your desktop computers or your laptops. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. Just a just a little bit less rigidity and like you said, Yahoo of course with the branded book. Uh, FanDuel has a branded book and, and Boyd Gaming runs those sort of things. DraftKings has new offices out there on the Uncommon. So like they're all starting to encroach here. But it, it will be interesting to see if they actually find a spot out here. Rosh Mikazi's with us here. Sporting Tribune, where you want to go? Uh, Demon, did you have something? Oh, no. Well, I wanted to move it over from the gambling aspect. I think you guys hit it enough. But at the Charger game, Arash, I know that you're also Mr. L.A. as well. What's up with these AI robots? Were these real robots ah. or people in costume? They were, they were people in costume. And to be honest, like, I totally get the convergence of, you know, if you're a movie studio and you're trying to find a new creative way to promote your new film with the strike going on and everything. But really, <coughs> the worst possible team you could do it with is the Chargers because there's always that that joke that there's no Charger fans in Los Angeles. The only Charger fans you see in Los Angeles are are paid to be there. They're from Hollywood or something like that. And so for one game, those those fans were were right, and so it was really weird. I don't know if you guys uh, got a chance to see the pictures, but they were yeah. I mean, obviously they're not real robots, but they certainly looked like it. Um, is that helping the movie? <coughs> Do you even know what it is? You know what? I don't know off the top of my head what the movie is, so <laughs> I don't know if they actually did what they were supposed to do. Yeah, that movie would be the creator. Yeah, that's what... Oh, there you go. I mean, I still... You you name the title. I still don't even know what the, what the movie's supposed to be about. Um, so here's the thing. Better idea. Putting AI robots that are technically humans in the stands or keeping Brandon Staley for one more year. Here's, I, I feel so bad for Staley, but at some point, obviously, you have to produce <laughs> on the field. And, and the biggest problem there is what a historic loss in terms of uh, they rushed for over 200. They kept them under 200 uh, you know, uh, yards on the ground. Uh, the uh, turnover battle, like you go down the list. Teams who did all those things were 110 and 0, except for Sunday with the Chargers. So that is such a chargering way of losing. And Brandon Steele just talked about that. They've tried to move past it following the uh, loss to the uh, Jaguars where they blew a 27-0 lead. Listen, at the end of the day, Staley won't be the first coach to lose his job because the Chargers all over themselves, but he probably will. I mean, I don't know how you get past the mistakes this team consistently makes. 
Well, and it's the mistakes, and I, like it, it would be one thing, Arash, if they were losing games, but their defense was great under Staley, right? And the offense kind of stunk. But the offense is fine, and you saw the adjustments. The defense has not been good under Staley, not for a split second. He's the defensive guy. It's supposed to be his thing. That's the problem. Again, he had one of the best defenses in the league when he was the defensive coordinator with the Rams, a fantastic defense when he was with the Chicago Bears. And so you bring him in with the Chargers and you look around the field, it's one of the most talented defenses in the league. And on the offensive side, I mean, you go from that entire team from 1 to 53 is one of the most talented teams and then for them to lose games like this, and this won't be the only game that they lose like this. They may do it again on Sunday as they go to Tennessee. But at some point in time, and the one thing that, that I've heard from the team is that I don't think they're going to pull the plug during the season. But if the wheels come off this thing and you got Kellen Moore and if the like offense is playing well, perhaps you, you make a move. But I, I really feel bad for Brandon Staley. Uh, good guy, great defensive coordinator, may not be... The right head coach, though. You mentioned Brandon Staley and how he's a good guy. What's the connection that you two guys share off the field? Well, it was so interesting. So I went to Twitter following the Jags game and basically said, this guy should get fired. This guy should lose his job. A friend texted me and said, did you know you and Brandon Staley had the same type of cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and you guys had it around the same time? And I had no idea. Again, it doesn't change the results on the field, but I contacted Staley. We got together prior to the beginning of the season, talked about, you know, going through chemo and things like that. And so, again, me, I'm rooting for Brandon Staley, right? Like, I'm really pulling for him to win. But at the end of the day, we know that this is a business. And at the end of the day, and Brandon knows this himself, too, if you keep losing games like you did on Sunday, you're not going to keep your job. But for me, as someone who now has this connection with him and sat down with him and talked to him, I'm pulling for the guy, but, man, what a frustrating way to lose. All right, real quick, an L.A. thing. So the Chargers start at 0-1. The Rams win, but, you know, we know that at least uh, it, in terms of the projections, Rams aren't expected to have a very good year. Training camp opens up in just over three weeks for the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I think that's what we're all thinking, right? 100%. This is 100% a Lakers town. They, they did exactly what they had to do. Again, this team, and I said this, like even if they lost in the first round of Memphis or the second round to the Warriors, the turnaround that team had post-trade deadline, to whatever extent they could, I said bring back D'Angelo Russell, bring back Rui Hachimura, bring back uh, Jared Vanderbilt, and, and bring back this team. Not only did they do that, guys, they improved the team. And so, uh, you know, I, I think they improved them enough where I think it's going to be a competitive, perhaps, if they get back to the conference finals. But I think everyone in Los Angeles, obviously, this is a Lakers town. And that run came out of nowhere. Again, the previous season, they're below 500, don't make the playoffs. They were on track to do that before the trade deadline. And so for them, and again, it's a championship or bust town. But for that run of the Western Conference Finals to kind of come out of nowhere, I think everyone's very excited for this upcoming season. Staying in L.A., the Clippers, with this new rest policy that the NBA has <laughs> implemented, are they screwed? Me and JVT are going to talk about it later, but in your opinion, are the Clippers <sighs> screwed? Here's what I'm very fascinated about is how the league is going to impose this because the Clippers will tell you we're not resting these guys. And here's where they're correct. 
They, they, they didn't rest him during the playoffs when they got bounced in round one. Kawhi was, was gone legitimately, and Paul George was gone legitimately. So what they will tell you, what the Clippers will tell you is, listen, from a, a, on a night-to-night basis, we are never going to totally shut down two of our stars if they're not totally hurt. So we'll see how the league um, goes about this, because I, I don't think you can force Kawhi or Paul George to take the court if they're not uh, cleared. So uh, totally agree, though. Again, this goes to the postseason. Both of the superstars were g- gone in the postseason this year. Both of them were gone in the play-in tournament uh, the year before that. Kawhi the year before that. They've, the only time they've had both superstars healthy at the same time in the postseason was in Orlando in the bubble when they blew a 3-1 lead to Denver. So the Clippers will tell you, hey, listen, we'd love for them to be healthy, but they're just not. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go on a Cofield rant for like five seconds. Damon, and I will tell you that while you'll try to make the Clippers the poster child of this, I watched the Golden State Warriors go on a six-game losing streak and then the first game of a road trip in New Orleans rest Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green. So don't start with this Clippers nonsense. The Clippers are not the only team that pulls this, and the Warriors did it a thousand times last year. Put that in your Love pipe it. and smoke it. How about that? See, thank you. I'm also a rush. I'm a I'm a very strong Clippers fan. So what what do you got? What? <laughs> I, I thought what you What do you got, Demond? Well, oh, I wanted to talk to a rush <laughs> about something unrelated to basketball. I wanted to close out with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Is there any um they're quiet dating? Maybe they're just talking to each other. Maybe a soft launch. What are we calling this? I love it, by the way. I mean, I mean, according to the messenger, so we, we you know, we, we have a lot of great uh, reporters here. You know, they are seeing each other. What does that mean? Again, these these two uh, folks seem like very fun people. Do they, they like to have a good time? You had that viral clip of Taylor at the VMAs or something. So, listen, I would love it if they uh, were a couple. I mean, who knows if that's going to um, happen or not. But, I mean, talk about someone who's as hot as can possibly be. She sold out six consecutive concerts at SoFi. I know she did around the same at the Legion. It's incredible. Will you guys be hiring a Taylor Swift beat writer like USA Today? Oh, with the with the with the traffic she does, yes. I mean, I mean, I would. Uh-huh. Not, by the way, so listen, like I did a story about the Taylor Swift banner. By the way, which the Clippers don't have a problem with it. I mean, like everyone wants to bang on your Clippers JVT, and I feel you for that. The Kings. Uh, totally put a thing over it specifically. So the, the and but uh, listen, I found out where the Taylor Swift banner was. They're gonna put it back at some point. That did amazing traffic. So yes, Taylor Swift beat writer. If you're looking, we're hiring. Arash Markazi again, uh, the messenger as he mentioned, and of course Sporting Tribune. Arash, good to talk to you. We are up against it. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, we're gonna take our break here. Uh, when we come back. I'm going to set them on straight on his nonsense when it comes to this new NBA rule that they have implemented. And I will say this, just like with anything, Damon, check the fine print because the rule might not be what you think it is. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Rampart Racing Sportsbook. Remember, come on down. And if you do, you can wager 50 bucks or more on a parlay card. You get free food. Hit up the Racing Sportsbook. Get some details on this. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Steve last 30 minutes. Steve uh, in his car, I'm sure totally listening, on his way to get ready 
for the Barry Odom Coaches Show, which will be over at Parkway Tavern. So if you're around town, Rampart's the spot, or you can go say what's up to Caleb and Steve over at Parkway Tavern. If you haven't been, by the way, the environment over there for the Barry Odom Coaches Show is awesome. It's really good. A lot of people have been showing out. It's a really fun time. All right, can we get in the bag one more time? No. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There we go. All right, you want me to yell at you here? Go for it. I don't think I'm wrong, but, I mean, if you want to defend your boys, defend your boys. I'm not going to stop you. Okay, here's here's the ridiculous part about this. So for what I'm going to yell at them on about is uh, we all saw the report today that the NBA Board of Governors is uh, has approved a tougher rest rule and has implemented penalties. This uh, Adam Silver said that the player participation policy, Triple P, uh, the PPP, is something that the NBA and individual players, teams, all that kind of stuff uh, want so they can, quote, return to the principle that this is an 82-game league. Rule would ultimately give the authority for greater oversight over discipline for missed games and an ability to find teams more than a million dollars for each instance of violating resting rules, sources told ESPN. So, of course, uh, this gets posted up on ESPN.com, and the head picture is a, a picture of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So let's go through some examples that would get teams in trouble. Damon? Go go ahead. This is this is your time. This is your time. Okay. All right. All right. Let's go through some of the examples. Teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown or near shutdown when a star player stops participating in games or plays in a materially reduced role in circumstances affecting the integrity of the game. Under that scenario, the Washington Wizards and Portland Trailblazers would have been investigated by the league after shutting down Bradley Beal for 10 games and Damian Lillard for 11 at the end of the season because their teams stunk and they weren't in it. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. How about that? I didn't see Los Angeles Clippers there. Uh, how about resting teams when starting a or resting star players in mass when it comes to, I don't know, starting a road trip like the Golden State Warriors did multiple times last year? Huh. That's not the Los Angeles Clippers. What are we doing here? All right. I understand why people like to make jokes about the Clippers. The guys are always hurt. But enough with the rest nonsense. Paul George went up for a rebound last year, and his knee got hyperextended by Lou Dort, who fell on the ground and went into his knee. That's not rest. The guy was hurt at the end of the year. Kawhi Leonard has a degenerative knee issue, which continues to hamper him throughout his career, and he had to miss time. It's not rest. He's falling apart. So let's stop with this nonsense about, oh, watch out, Clippers. No, watch out, Golden State Warriors, who consistently rested guys last year. Watch out, Portland Trailblazers and Washington Wizards, who tanked at the end of the year and rested their best players. That's what we're talking about. Well, I don't think it's going to be able to fix anything either way because, you know, it's just, hey, he's got tendinitis, you know, oh, you know, soreness. Well, here's the thing, as I referenced, you know, you want to read the fine print, essentially. How about this? So buried in all of this, a paragraph at the bottom of the newly approved NBA player rest policy demand, quote, the policy includes exceptions for injuries, personal reasons, and pre-approved back-to-back restrictions based on a player's age, career, workload, or serious injury history. So in other words, just like Adam Silver is notorious for, he is all bark but no bite, and we're still going to see the same stuff. Yeah, that fine print there. Yeah, he really just rolled over. This is nothing, right? It's no Stern would so never. So guys, like, of course, yeah. Well, no, of course not. But like, when we talk about this, you know, and you know, we want to talk about like, hey, cool, these guys are gonna be forced to play. No, we're just gonna talk about some of these veterans going. Oh, no, no, no. By the way, we have you know this whole thing. We have an MRI that says he's a little inflamed here. He can't sit. He can't play today, and that's gonna be fine. We're not. You might get like one or two differences. There's not going to be a material difference because of this new rule. 
And then the actual list, I know that we're talking about it, like this is going to be some big thing to shake up the league. But I think only, what, 50 players qu even qualify that fall under the restrictions, uh, you know, the qualifications of a star player. Oh, yeah. Yes, only 50 players. That's the league. other part. What, yeah, what is a star player is also the funny part about this, right? Because that is somewhat subjective. Who's on the fringes? Like, if you're an NBA player, are you insulted that you're not included by this? Like, who would be on the fringes of top 50 NBA player that, that would be like, no, what? I'm part of this. No, but it's it's only if you uh, made an All NBA team or were an All Star in the past three years. So if you're oh, not on this, so if you're okay, not on this go. list, you only have yourself to blame for not being good in the past three years. Okay, all right, there you go. All right, I like that. I missed that. I missed that detail. So okay, there are little legitimate parameters to being a star player in the NBA. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right. I was amazed by this. I believe in our government. I believe in other people's governments. The Mex Mexican Congress unveiled what they alleged to be alien corpses. Did you guys see this? Oh, boy. Alien corpses, like, they're like, I don't know, they're like turned into stone. I believe this. I think this is real. Now, I would question why they've had these bodies for so long. Ah, uh, don't do this to me. I read... No, would you, it's not would real? You, no, it's not real. You uh, want to know where I went? I went to the real true news. I went to Reddit. And it was debunked in like a minute for me. <laughs> Why is it this role? What did I watch? I saw a very official Mexican man at a podium unveil these boxes. You know how you can get paid for Twitter engagement? Maybe governments get paid for engagement too. By the way, so we had this. What was it like three months ago? We had didn't we have that wasn't fake. We had like an official congressional hearing in our country. Where some guy was like, yeah, we got bodies. Aliens are real. No, nothing comes of this. But he really didn't have any, he didn't have any proof. I've seen things. Well, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. That one guy said he's because seen Because if he unveiled the truth, he'd be taken out. I, I don't know. People always say you never know. Look at what Putin does. If Putin wants you out, you're out. But people always say, oh, the government, they're going to say, that guy's still walking around. I mean, is he? I, I keep seeing a guy that looks somewhat similar to Kanye West walking around, and I'm not 100% sure that it's him. Are you saying there's a Kanye clone? Yeah, you all did. I mean, that's the whole thing, right? He had the quote, like, if I disappear for a while and I come back, that's not me. And I don't know. Kanye had a round <laughs> face, but not that round face. I don't think it's him. And he grew like two inches. I didn't know you were a Kanye watcher like this. I didn't. His every move. I mean, I'm not watching his every move, but when a guy says, if I disappear and I come back, it's not me, and then he disappears, and then two weeks later he comes back, and he's an inch taller and fatter in the face, I'm going to notice him and ask questions. You know who also said that? If I disappear, that's how you know the – Andrew Tate also said that. Okay, so I'm let's comedy because if, you, if I disappear, if they arrest me, that's how you know the, I'm in the Matrix or whatever. No, it sounds like you just want to be right about something. Do you think he disappeared on purpose and then gained weight in the time that he was gone so he could prove to people, like, hey, told you? I don't know why he just doesn't get lipo again if he's so worried about this. Again? You call me a Kanye watcher. Okay. I didn't know he had lipo. Yeah, he got lipo. <laughs> Come back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Speaking of aliens, how much did you watch of Anthony Richardson's debut? Not much, to be honest. Oh, you come on. So let me paint this picture for you really quickly. 
So he was fine. He wasn't incredible. Like, he wasn't terrible. He threw an interception near the end of the game that kind of came in the flow of, like, the game. Look, you're, kinda, you're trying to come back. You're throwing the ball. Um, you don't see a guy drop it in the flat. Like, you know, it's a rookie mistake. But he wasn't horrendous. He wasn't, you know, Desmond Ritter bad. There was a fourth and five that they had to convert, and he just – he got met three yards short of it, Damon, and he just went straight through the dude. Just straight through him and converted the fourth and five. Tell you what. He's going to struggle as a passer for a little bit. He is every bit of what we expected physically. That dude was awesome. A real man, huh? Just Oh, a man's man. A man's man. We've had this conversation before. What entails a man's man or a guy's guy? He's a man's man. (laughs) I need to see more. I'll I'll watch this Sunday. You you need to see more. You need to see the first step. Even watch it. All right, Kofi, the company's all done. Uh, Rampart Racing Sportsbook is the spot. Make sure you come down. Remember, Barry Odom, Coach Show, coming up next live from Parkway Tavern on Flamingo and 215.